Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. There's only the father system and the Babylon system. I'll prove both of them to you in the Bible. They're both in the Bible. There's the Babylon world of wealth that the Bible talks about that's cursed. And there's the father world of wealth, the father system that is blessed. You say, is money good or bad? All money in the father system is blessed and it's good. All money in the Babylon system is cursed and it's evil. And every single one of us is in one of those systems right now. I, I was in the Babylon system. All of us were bo- are born into it. The Babylon system is the world's way. The Babylon system is, is, and by the way, in Genesis 11, as man began to populate the earth, there's only one language, okay? There, there was just one. Men came together in the Valley of Shinar, and they came together, and here's what they said. Let us make a name for ourselves, and let us build a tower into the heavens. In other words, let us, this is humanism, let us exalt ourselves above God, and let us make a name for ourselves. Why are we standing around worshiping him? Let's worship ourselves. Let's make, let's make a great name for ourselves. And God came down, and he said, because, they, because they're all of one mind, now nothing will be impossible for them, so he divided their languages. And by the way, I believe the original language was Hebrew, because I believe that's God's language. And so there was one language in the world, and Babylon means confusion. And God came down there at Babylon. This is modern-day Iraq. God came down, confused their languages so they could not finish the tower and they could not do what they were trying to accomplish there. The spirit of Babylon, though, has been on the earth ever since and God is about to judge it. Now, this is Revelation 18 in the New Testament and this is talking about the judgment of Babylon, mystery Babylon. Mystery Babylon means this spirit has been in competition with God since the beginning of mankind. And it's still doing it, but God's going to judge it. Here's the judgment of of Babylon. And listen now to the warning given to God's people. This is Revelation 18. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great authority. And the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she has rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works in the cup which she has mixed, mixed double for her now. Listen, so God says, come out of her. Listen, her. I want you to understand something. God created us Mankind in the Garden of Eden as his companion, as his eternal bride. There was a wedding in a paradise in Genesis 1 and 2, and there's a wedding in a paradise in Revelation 19 
through 22, which are the last chapters of the Bible. The Bible is all about God marrying us, God creating us, but he's a jealous God. Jealousy means intolerant of rivalry. It means God wants us for himself. You say, why is God so jealous? Because he loves you so much. God would never, you would never become jealous over someone you don't care about. You're, je you're jealous over your children. You're jealous over your spouse. There's a wrong jealousy, but jealousy is a protective me mechanism that keeps your relationships the way they should be. So there's a spirit in the world, the spirit of the devil, and it's the spirit that works through money, and it's the Babylon spirit. And the purpose of this spirit is to seduce the people of God away from God by offering us everything that God offers us, security, independence, identity, money, the, the money God, the, the spirit of Babylon comes to believers saying, you don't need God, you just need more money. And God says, that is a seductress. I see that spirit as another woman in your life. An illicit relationship, fornication is the word that's used here in Revelation. I see that as an illicit relationship and I'm going to judge her. Come out of her, my people. Get out, I'm warning you. Get away from her because I'm gonna repay her double for the heartache she's caused me by the damage that she's done to my people that I love. God is warning us here, I'm telling you right now, when you read this scripture, the Babylon system is all over the world. This is the world system. There is so much debt in the world right now, there is no way it could ever be repaid, ever could be repaid. You say, why aren't we worried about it? Because we don't worry about debt, we worship money. We're printing it as fast as we can print it. Nations all over the world are doing begging, borrowing, and stealing. More money, 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 money. Everything's about money. We're obsessed with money, and God's gonna judge it. And by the way, the Antichrist rules the world through money, not through military power. In Revelation 13, it says, you will not be able to buy or sell, and you won't be here if you're a Christian. You're going up in the rapture before all that happens. Matthew 6, this is Jesus. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Let's just stop right there. Jesus isn't saving, don't save money, and, and don't be responsible. He's saying don't put your trust in money. You don't, you don't have to hoard up money to be secure. You have security in God. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Let's stop right there. How do you lay up treasures in heaven? By serving God and by giving to the Lord. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And the way you send it on ahead is by serving God by loving God's people, and by giving to the Lord. That's how you lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves not break in steel. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever you're investing yourself, you'll be obsessed with that. You'll be thinking about that. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. He will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve Babylon and the Father. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you drink, nor about your body. What you put on is not, uh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Listen, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Jesus is saying. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O of you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentile seeks, listen, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He'll give you all this stuff. If you serve Babylon, it means you're, out serve, you're, you're distracted. Uh, God is a distraction for making money. There's a competition between God and money. You can't serve two masters. If you're serving money, you'll never be able to uh, put your attention on God because wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so Jesus is saying here, if you would seek first the kingdom of God, that means the rule of God, and his character, his righteousness, you would never lack for anything. Your father, your, your father, you have a father. And he is a loving, caring father. He's madly in love with you. You may have not had a good father in this life. You may have had a father who didn't take care of you financially or something like that. I'm saying, forgive your earthly father, but understand your heavenly father is not like your earthly father. This earthly father was imperfect. This one's perfect. This earthly father had a limited amount of money. This one's filthy rich. He owns the universe. He has inexhaustible resources, and you're the object of his affection. And so Jesus is saying here, don't love mammon. Mammon's the money God. Love God the Father. There's only two worlds of wealth. There's only God the Father in Babylon. There's only mammon and God. That's all there is. There's only two choices. And all of us are living in a world. And I was in the Babylon system. It was cursed. First John 2. Listen to this one. Do not love the world. The world is not the earth. The earth is God's creation. It's a good thing. The world is the system of Babylon that Satan has created to compete against God. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, listen, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Do not love the world. If you love the world, if you're in love with Babylon, you're not in love with God the Father. Now, it doesn't mean you don't believe in Jesus, and you're not a Christian, you're not going to heaven. It just means your passions are not with God. It just means you're you're dispassionate about God. You're, you're maybe bored with God. And there are people that are going to heaven that, that are worldly. I mean, there just are. And they believe in Jesus. Like the thief on the cross next to Jesus, all the thief did is just recognize Jesus' lordship, and he went to heaven that day. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. You don't have to be a perfect person to go to heaven. Aren't you glad we have such a gracious God? You don't have to do everything Pastor Jimmy, this Pastor Jimmy says. You can take this message today and just leave and go, I don't believe that, and I'm going to go, you know, worship Babylon. I don't know what you're going to do, but if you're a Christian, you're a Christian, you're going to heaven. But that doesn't mean you'll be blessed on this earth. I want to be blessed here. I know I'm going to heaven, but I want to live a blessed life on this earth. And I'm saying the only thing that God will bless is the Father system. The world is cursed, it's passing, it's passing away. And by the way, right after that verse, it talks about the Antichrist. The one where it says, don't love the world or the things in the world. Well, let me, let me just give you a little, a little difference here between the father system and the Babylon system, and then I'll close. The father system is God-focused, but the Babylon system is 
self-focused, the boastful pride of life. The father system is relational. It builds relationship with God and others. The Babylon system is impersonal, and it destroys relationships. It doesn't build relationships. By the way, in our finances, in Karen and I's finances, in, in this building that we're in right now, I remember when God told us to build this building. This building is a part of my relationship with God. As I walk through my house, as I look at our bank account, everything I do, it's, it's an extension of my relationship with God. And I can remember when God told us, do this and this and this and this. In Karen's and my life, everything that we do is connected with God the Father. All of our finances are connected to God the Father. It's not like there's God here and there's money over here. It's, it's, it's personal. It, it all intertwines together. The first is you have to believe that you have a perfect father who will provide for you, that God's a perfect father. Now, Jesus talked about why do you worry about clothing so much? Let me, let me tell you a story. So I, I became the pastor here when I was 29 years old, senior pastor of Trinity when I was 29 years old. And I didn't have any suits. I didn't have any preacher clothes. I was in the appliance business before. And, you know, I needed like a wedding suit and a funeral suit and a preaching suit and things like that. And so I was tempted to go charge it. We didn't have enough money to buy suits. So I was tempted to use a credit card or go to the store and, and buy uh, some suits. And I was reading a book about prayer at that time. And this book that I was reading about prayer said, when you, when you need something, pray very specifically. And, and the author of the book was giving testimonies about how he prayed and how God answered specifically. So I prayed and I, you know, if you're going to pray, you might as well pray big. So I said, Lord, I want five suits. I want five new suits. And I don't want to go into debt to get them. And I pray that you'll provide for me five, five new suits. And so I, I prayed it and I continued to pray it, you know, for a month or so. And I was just believing God uh, to provide clothes for me, like Jesus said in Matthew 6. So Karen went to see her parents. We were living in Amarillo. Her, her parents lived in Dallas. And uh, she was staying with them for four or five days. And she, she came home and she was unpacking her suitcase in our bedroom. And I was talking to her. And she unpacked her suitcase, and we were just kind of talking, and she was taking stuff out. And she got to the bottom of her suitcase, and she said, oh, by the way, my dad gave me some suits. And she took out suits and began to lay them on the bed, four suits. Uh, and she laid them on the bed, and I thought to myself, I prayed for five. <laughs> Isn't that awful? Am I not terrible? And God loves me anyway. So, and then she said, oh, wait, there's another one. And she reached over to another bag and pulled out another one. Five suits, listen. $5,000 Oxford suits. My father-in-law's rich, remember that. And he had many left over after that. His, his closet looks like most people's bedroom, that big. Five $5,000 Oxford suits. Listen, he had never given me a pocket knife before that. He had never given me anything. And she came home and laid those. You know what I thought? He loves me. See, until you begin to trust him, you'll never know. You'll, I didn't go into debt. I preached in those suits. I did so many weddings and funerals in those suits. What a blessing. And we didn't have any money. We were just, man, we just barely made it. But by God's blessing, that's just one example of many issues. You have to begin to get out of the Babylon system there has to be 
an event in your life where you begin to address God as your loving Father and believe Him to provide for you. Because this is what Jesus said. He loves you. He knows what you need before you need it. Have a dialogue with Him and trust Him. The second thing is submit every financial decision to God. Don't, don't act independently. We're not independent. By the way, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, pray this. Let your kingdom come. The word kingdom is the word basileia. It means the rule of God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will, let your will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. The next line says, give us this day our daily bread. Did you know that God always prays for his will? Uh, he always pays for his will. That when God gives you something he wants you to do, he'll always pay for it. God energizes what he initiates. But if you start it without praying, he's not going to pay for it. And the way we get ourselves into so much trouble financially is good ideas. God does not bless good ideas. He blesses his ideas. And so we have to learn to begin to pray peace. Colossians 3 says, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. The peace of God is one of the main ways that God leads us. Is, uh, the word it says, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. The word rule is the word brabuo. It means umpire. It means a situational uh, guidance that God gives us. A lot of things that you're praying about, there's, it's not a right or wrong. It's a right and right. You know, what car do I buy? What house do I buy? Where do we send our kids to school? And you're praying, God, the peace of God is a profound thing. And hundreds and hundreds of times, Karen and I have made decisions solely on peace. This is Brent Evans with Marriage Today, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out marriagetoday.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, videos, articles, and live events.